Well, hey there. Welcome to The In-Between. I'm Colson Lechner, stepping in for John Redfern, who's typically the person that does this, um, because John is sick. And Chris Legg, who is normally in studio with us, is out. He is actually on uh, the study tour in Israel. So he'll be back um, soon. But uh, because he is gone, we have the privilege of having Pastor Stephen Young um, from the cross um, come in, and he's going to be uh, speaking to us this this weekend. Um, and we are so glad to have you. Glad to be here. <laughs> yeah, wonderful. That was like a roller coaster start. Yeah. Everybody gets disappointed. Oh, John's not here. Oh, Chris isn't yes. here. Oh, but, we got to listen to Paul and Colson. <laughs> oh, but Pastor Young's here. Like, oh, there you now go. we're back up on there the uptick. <laughs> now they're excited. That is right. Um, so, Pastor Young, I know I've I've heard you I've heard you speak a few times, but could you tell us a little bit, or you could could you tell me a little bit about kind of your history? With South Spring, with First Baptist South, and how that relationship has has come about, kind of? Absolutely, and it's been a very, very uh, joyful journey. I, I remember um, possibly, uh, it may have been close to about eight to ten years ago, uh, when our church was getting our first really initial start. Uh, we ran into a period of time as we were we were renting facilities and we were displaced from that, uh, ran into a, a member that was here. And during that time period, I served with him in the uh, Baptist General Convention years ago. And so he was out at Breckenridge. He made some connections with us to, um, again, rekindle the relationship we had with Pastor Wisner, mm-hmm. as well as uh, Brother Lake. And so during that time period, we were invited to come out and, um, and we were we were blessed to build some really healthy relationships here. Uh, South Springs at the time, First Baptist South, uh, was integral in our start. And mem- members uh, that we connected with here have remained lifelong supporters and friends uh, over the years. It, it was a beautiful uh, relationship. When I look at our church family and look at uh, the journey, everything points back to South Springs in terms of um, not just the open doors and facilities, but more or less, again, showing our church family what the body of Christ really should be mm-hmm. about. And um, it, it really helped us as a church family to look further down the road when uh, we continue to grow as a healthy church, what healthy churches do. And mm-hmm. again, South Springs was integral in that pastor leg is, is a brother from another mother. And so, um, you know, again, we are so thankful for him, for the leadership here. Um, uh, again, it's, it's just been a joyful journey. And as I look back, when I, uh, think of where our church is now, and I look at how we got here, uh, there's no doubt about it that South Springs has been a part of that. I also, uh, you know, as it, unashamedly, I, I, I point a lot of people, this direction at once I find out like what part of Tyler they're in. Mm-hmm. Uh, and if they say, well, I'm coming from Jacksonville or looking at mountain South Tyler, I instantly will point towards South Springs. And that's, that's no, uh, no negative thing to other pastor friends that I mm-hmm. have, but I, I love everything about South Springs, the ministry, uh, but more or less the people here that, um, 
that make the ministry what it is and, and seeing that the membership uh, has just a loving desire to, to stay authentic uh, and to serve this present age. So, yeah, South Springs has been huge for our church family, uh, and it's definitely been huge for me as a, as a person. That's awesome. So we're, when, when did y'all move to your current location? Uh, I want to say it was in 2014 or 15. Okay. Yeah. And so we were here for two years. Um, and so um, when we left here, that's when we actually were able to, um, we were able to purchase a facility out on uh, Farm to Market 2767. It's Old Kilgore Highway. Yeah. And so uh, we were able to leave from here. Uh, after two years and we made that purchase. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Great. Um, thank you for sharing that. The other thing I wanted to talk about, we were talking a little bit before the podcast um, started rolling, but you, you're bivocational. That's correct. So, and, and you've always been bivocational, correct? Yes. yes, sir. And you've been one in education for a long time that, that we've been talking, that's talking how I got about my gray hairs. Yes, sir. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> yes, sir. Yeah, that is, that is awesome. Um, can you speak to just a little bit of your history in East Texas with some East Texas schools that you've been a part of? Yeah. Well, and, and I got here, I started, uh, teaching back in 96 in, mm-hmm. in the Dallas school district. Okay. And so, um, was there, was attending seminary and, um, we stayed there for about six years, um, uh, accepted a pastorate here in Tyler. And then we moved, um, uh, in 2002, and so I was served as a music teacher at Douglas Elementary, um, I think off of Carlisle Avenue. And okay. so that was before they were building the new facility. And so I was there during the years that the flood came through and the portable buildings mm. and were carrying kids from uh, portable buildings. My classroom was on a stage there in, in the old wow. house. <laughs> and so, um, yeah, those were some fun days. And so... Uh, <laughs> When I left Douglas in 2010, I uh, accepted the uh, uh, the assistant principal position at Griffin mm-hmm, Elementary. Mm-hmm. Um, I was there. Then I uh, was moved, reassigned to Woods Elementary. Mm-hmm. Um, and from there, that's when I uh, went into the uh, principal role mm-hmm. at Orr Elementary. Yes, right. And then I was even, Oh, go ahead. Last. So you even know, uh, last Sunday when I had mentioned that you were going to be continuing on after I finished my sermon and that we were going to be continuing the pastor and that you're the passage and you were going to get to share with us this week. Uh, I at least had three children come up and say, you know, is that, that's, that's my, that's my principal. That's, that's my, and they were so excited. Yes, sir. Uh, So, yeah, I know you're going to have some, you're going to have some young fans (laughs) out there. If we can find one, that'll be great. (laughs) (laughs) Just just one. That is good stuff. Well, before we jump into the passage, I would like to hear, because we, we talked briefly about um, kind of your history with education, Mm -hmm. how you kind of came up with that, with your parents being educators, but can you tell us a little bit about your your ministry journey and kind of being called to ministry and, and pastoring? Yeah. So, I mean, oddly enough, I'm, I'm from a, a small, small city in Arkansas, southwest Arkansas, uh, Hope, Arkansas. Mm-hmm. Oh, so, yeah. Um, Hope. Hope. That's right. And so. And the 
home of the Clinton. Right? That's exactly yeah, that's Clinton. right. That's exactly right. And so you know, we, we went to school in Arkadelphia. Did you really? Yeah, yeah. So, well, then that, we we were probably across the ravine because I yeah. you were at Henderson. I, were you? Well, in, I was. Okay. I met my wife there. No okay. way. Yeah. Okay. So we're putting I, all the connections. Yeah. yeah. Both of us went to Washtenaw. Yeah. Yeah. And so I, <laughs> I was there that. for about uh, about four years. Okay. Uh, then I transferred my last year. Um, to University of Arts at Pine Bluff. Pine Bluff, yeah. yeah. And so yeah. I, I met, I mean, all of my uh, college experiences, I, I tend to mentally go back to Henderson. Yeah. Yeah, it's yeah. yeah, a small world. Pretty but part of the country, too. It is. Mm-hmm. It is. Good fishing. Yeah, yes, man. Absolutely. Lake DeGray. Yes, sir. I'll tell you. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> we can talk about that on that's another exactly, time because, man, that's exactly good stuff. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, again, my um, ministry experiences, you know, it, it – Connects through college as well. But mm-hmm. I, um, as a teenager, actually, I was a part of a quartet uh, group. We, uh, uh, my pastor, and and um, um, he had two sons that were my age, right around my age, and so we started a little singing group. It was about seven uh, guys that uh, we we connected, hit it off, and. Um, it was the craziest thing, you know, in Southwest Arkansas. We were like the, the biggest boy band in <laughs> history. <laughs> history. Uh, and so it was uh, uh, like local celebrities. We nice. sang at the Watermelon Festival. And, That's right. That's uh, I mean, right. big time, sir. Uh-huh. <laughs> and so, uh, you know, I had a chance to do that. Um, but in that, I found um, um, just a love that I had for music. Um, and so I wrote music, um, sang played a couple of instruments. And so during that time period, ministry, um, I had a chance to be a minister of music uh, at my home church when I got to Arkadelphia, minister of music there. Um, Went back to our area and did a community choir. Um, And then in my college years at Henderson, I oversaw the uh, gospel choir, the Angelic Voices of Christ. Mm -hmm. Um, And so recently, this past week, matter of fact, there was a a little, um, someone found an old videotape where we went to a (laughs) national convention and it was a song that I wrote Mm -hmm. um, that we performed. And and, um, and it was just like, wow, that seems like yesterday. Man, I I think I actually saw that video because that was a huge choir on the stage. How many, how many people were in that? So that, that was just a remnant of it. Oh, wow. And and that was one of the good things that may have been about 45 people there. Um, But, you know, again, that was like a lot of car washes and chicken dinners, (laughs) (laughs) trying to make sure that people had money to, you know, get things. But um, that was a huge, huge thing. And, Mm. And one of the, um, and I, I don't want to get sidetracked. No, you're but, good. But one of the things I learned as a, um, you know, as a choir director for the gospel choir, it put it pulled me out of my element. Um, mm. I was fully quartet. I mean, fully quartet. Mm. And um, so when I got to college, you know, there there was like literally no musicians on the campus, and so I was just fooling around in the union one day on the piano and some. Mm-hmm. Um, Young ladies, I say young ladies, they were seniors, and I'm a freshman, and um, they were looking for a musician for the gospel choir. Mm. And so um, they asked it, I know a song, and they gave the title of it, and I was like, sure, but I knew the quartet version of it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> they, yeah. they knew like this full-on choir uh, version, and I was like, oh, wrong song. you know. <laughs> um, and so it pulled me out of my element. Mm-hmm. I, I was forced to work in an area that I was not strong in. 
Um, mm. But one area that I, I felt comfort in was in, in discipleship. Um, my home church had really pushed that. And so I started working in my strength there. And yeah. from there, I, you know, yes, we had choir rehearsal. Um, but what we would do is we would spend a large portion of that time looking at scripture. Um, we would spend that time praying. We would spend that time um, encouraging each other. Mm. Um, and then it made the singing just another po- extension yeah. as opposed to us just come together, let's work on a couple of songs. And so that's where the, that's where the choir began to grow. And it, it grew one person at a time. Um, we ended up, um, ultimately with about 120 voices. Goodness. Wow. Yeah, it was about wow. 120. Um, but it, it started with one person at a time. Yeah. And, um, well, and that, you, that's so cool to have the, a discipleship focus mm-hmm. for it. And then just the, cause yeah, I feel the like byproduct was, yeah, the it was the music. Yeah. Yeah. That and is so, so it, cool. It, you know, it made it, um, it, it made what we, what we sang about have a lot more substance. Um, and so it, it, um, this morning got a, a text from a guy 30 years later. I mean, he was a part of that. We're lifelong buddies, but he, he sent a text and it, and, and in it, he's just said, um, amazing 30 years ago, um, simple song, simple request, uh, you know, big message. Yeah. And, and it was just, I mean, Lord, I want to be a Christian in my heart. And mm-hmm. so it's just, um, discovered that. If if you stick with scripture, you know, mm-hmm. ultimately that um, it gives a lot more meaning to the things that you do. Mm-hmm. Um, preaching ministry, I actually accepted the call to ministry um, in 93, 1993. Okay. Uh, and so I may have been around 23, 22, okay. maybe about 22 years old. Um, and so that coupled with the music ministry um, is really what kind of set the, you know, the course for my life, you know, in terms of um, never really saw pastoring. um, But I just knew that the body of Christ was big, Mm -hmm. you know, and in my home area, if you accept the call to ministry, you're going to preach. And there was, I mean, it's like, that's what you do. Yeah. You know, so there was nothing outside of that. So I didn't have a huge, um, view of what else could be there but preaching. Mm-hmm. Um, but I always felt that it was something else. And yeah. So um, I remember going to seminary in, in Dallas and I'm sitting in class and these are like some seasoned saints, older mm-hmm. people. And mm-hmm. they're, um, uh, they're there and they're like, well, I'm thinking about going into ministry. I'm like, what do you mean you're thinking about? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we just paid tuition. What do you, what do you mean <laughs> thinking? You're thinking about it. You, know, but, uh, you should be just, sure by now. Yeah, I'm like, yeah, you signed the check. $5,000 into mm-hmm. this. You're going to go into preaching. But, you know, needless to say, it was just different culture, mm-hmm. uh, different world. Um, but yet, you know, I understood again, um, it's a lot to this thing called Christianity. Yeah. You know, and, and we sometimes we, we box it in and say, well, you have to do this. But what I saw, you know, in ministry and I saw in, you know, my parents, they weren't ministers mm-hmm. in terms of like a pulpit, but they used that classroom uh, to spread the love of Christ, uh, to give hope. And I saw it 
day after day in the life of my parents. And so that's, that's really been like my whole mode, even with my kids, you know, as nurses or my son, um, if you're on the stage, that can be your, your pulpit, that can Mm -hmm. be your, your platform. So just let your life be your ministry. Mm. Man, that is, that is a good word. Thank you so much for, for sharing that and a little bit about your history. Um, and kind of, yeah, where the where the Lord has brought you in proclaiming His Word, and we're really grateful that we get to hear from you this weekend. Um, you're going to be picking up actually where where Paul um, finished up on Sunday. Do you want me to read the passage, or do you want to read it? No, go ahead. Okay, yeah. great. Um, so we're in Second Peter chapter three, verses five through ten, and it says. Excuse me, but they deliberately forget that long ago, by God's word, the heavens came into being, and the earth was formed out of water and by water. By these waters also the world the world of that time was deluged and destroyed. By the same word, the present heavens and earth are reserved for fire, being kept for the day of judgment and destruction of the ungodly. But do not forget this one thing, dear friends. With the Lord a day is like a thousand years, and a thousand years are like a day. The Lord is not slow in keeping his promise, as some understand slowness. Instead, he is patient with you, not wanting anything to perish, but everyone, or excuse me, not wanting anyone to perish, but everyone to come to repentance. But the day of the Lord will come like a thief. The heavens will disappear with a roar. The elements will be destroyed by fire and the earth and everything done in it will be laid bare. The very word of God. Hmm. It's such a rich, rich passage. We had uh, this last week had the opportunity to kind of talk about um, the beginning part of the chapter uh, really being, you know, this, this stirring up the idea of this stirring up by way of reminder and what are we being, what are we being reminded to do? And, and, and I kind of broke it down into the, just getting to chat about the two first calls and then really shifting over to the third and the, the first two calls being to look back at the prophet's. Uh, and essentially just summarized as the, as the word, cause you have Christ Jesus and the apostles all equated as a, a an authority statement. Um, and so you look, you look back to the word of God and you look around now at the scoffers. So kind of mm-hmm. look back at what you should do, look around at what you shouldn't do, but then ultimately looking forward, mm-hmm. uh, is the third command to the, to the second coming of Christ. And so, um, yeah, I'm really excited. I'm, I've been excited about this week and I feel like my preparation of last week. Cause it's like, no, the, the, it's all aiming towards this, him right. coming back. And, mm-hmm. uh, and so it'll be fun to get to, get to hear from you and, and get to expound on that. Um, and then, and then, yeah, some overlap because I, I actually finished as well. We, and Chris, this is the way this whole, uh, when Chris has been preaching through second Peter or any of it, we it's like every time you start in Second Peter, you kind of gotta go I'll back prepare. some and yes, pick sir. up, and you gotta go forward. So, like it, it's just, it's again so rich, and it's these, you know, expounding thoughts over and over and over again. And so, um, yeah, I, I feel like there's gonna be, it'd be a good time. I'm, I'm certainly looking looking forward to uh, hearing your message and hearing what you have to share. Well, I tell you what, at the beginning part, I may have to play your recording from last week. Just to- <laughs> <laughs> Make sure if if they don't get anything, they at least yeah. they got it from last week. <laughs> <laughs> I 
I thought you were going to say play the recording so then you could you could correct all the heresy and then come back man. in and, and say, okay, he said that, but I'm here to we tell need, you. We need somebody to keep us humble. Oh, yeah. no. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's so good. Um, but I would we would love to hear, and our listeners would love to hear, any thoughts as you've been preparing or thinking about this passage, um, anything that maybe has jumped out at you or the way that the Spirit has kind of been directing how you've been prep, uh, preparing. Yeah. And, and I, you know, I want to preface by saying it, I'm in the beginning stages mm-hmm. of wrapping it up. So yeah, again, yeah, uh, yeah. I think a lot of, you know, preachers would understand what, what I'm saying, but mm-hmm. I, I think in those uh, six verses, again, they're really like three huge uh, breaks and it, you know, mm-hmm. and I like the new international version because it, uh, it lays it out with the, you know, three letter word, but, Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. in, in three different places. And so it also helps me in framing it. Yeah. Um, seeing really in terms of believers, we're not, we're not on some utopia, you know? And so Peter is actually yeah. writing this um, to believers as we connect and, and um, connect with the world and understanding their views, you know? And so uh, again, Initially, when when Peter's writing this, he's he's allowing the believers to know uh, that non-believers are some ways are scoffing mm. at the fact that the Lord has not returned. You know, and so uh, we're connected to non-believers. Uh, we in in order to truly connect, we have to understand even the things they don't understand. That's right. You know, and so tempered in this text and is is. Uh, uh, that underlying understanding that we have of grace uh, that non-believers sometimes don't understand, you know, and it's, uh, I can't recall who, who stated this, but someone said the only reason that the Lord has uh, delayed his coming is because there are still believers uh, that he's still given an opportunity to share their faith mm. with non-believers. Mm. Um and so we understand that he can come at any moment. I mean, yeah. as hot as it was this week. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, we're asking for it. <laughs> it feels like we're going to be consumed it by was fire. 106 yeah. degrees. And <laughs> listen, if, if there is come Lord ever, Jesus, come. I'm telling you, That's if right. there is ever a question that um, the world could be consumed by fire. Yeah. I mean, we're closer now than we were in December. That's for sure. <laughs> right. So, I mean, it, you know, we have reminders like that, you know, and so yeah. <clears throat> we hear a lot of older saints, you know, when they, they speak about that sweet home going or mm. yeah. Lord is soon to return. And, yeah. um, but our concept as believers, sometimes when we think of non-believers, unfortunately, we think of people like way over there. Yeah. You know, way yeah. out there somewhere else. Many of our family members, <clears throat> yeah. many of our colleagues, mm-hmm. um, we're connected with mm-hmm. probably more so than we want to admit when it comes to the topic of the Lord's return. Right. Um, it's unfortunate, but this whole, the thought of the Lord's return, actually, if we were to do a survey in the church, we may be shocked yeah. uh, at the various um, views, uh, various beliefs. But yet Peter is trying to persuade us with his pen by saying, um, this is what 
they're stumbling over, mm-hmm. you know, and so they're, they're scoffers, they're mockers, they're, um, and so he, he's showing us how we can be connected, mm-hmm. um, but yet at the same time certain and convinced, yeah. you know, and so um, in this text, you know, we have some things that we can count on, we, we mm-hmm. can be certain of, and then, uh, you know, be compelled, you know, yeah. and, and, and so it's, it's just, uh, it's three, what I, what I would say are pretty clear divides, um, in this text, but yet it all points back to as believers, we're connected, but yet um, we need to contrast. Yeah, you know, and we need to we need to show that in this this but you know that um, uh, we're gonna we we are aware of what's been stated before, mm-hmm. but we, we got to contrast, right? You know, we have to be certain of some things. We we have to allow our certainty then to compel us um, to go beyond us just knowing, uh, but being compassionate, mm-hmm. uh, but being able to uh, reach those that are non-believers. Mm-hmm. So, uh, Peter's intent with his pen, I think it screams out well beyond him just speaking to believers, reminding them that the Lord is soon to return. Yeah. But um, again, while we're alive, what what do we do with that? Yeah. You know, how do we handle that? We're, yeah. we're still here. Yeah. So it has exactly. a reason. You know, we're, we're not just here waiting like we would be at a bus station. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know? And yeah. so uh, there's a purpose that, that he penned this. And, and, I, and, you know, I pray that um, in the, what is it, two hours I get a chance to that's right. That's right. Okay. <laughs> two, and a, two and a half. Two and a half. Okay. <laughs> uh, I, I, pray, I pray that, um, and, I, and that may be why Pastor Lake wanted to do this because he's, he's, he knows that's I'm right. long winded. That's he's right. like, get him in and let him share some today. <laughs> <laughs> Not enough. <laughs> then Sunday it won't be then, nearly as long. Well, you're in <laughs> you're in good company. Okay. Yeah. 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 It is interesting though, Pastor. You you know mentioned just the older saints, you know, and their. Uh, how how quick they are to to focus in on the return of the Lord. You know, I, I feel like I was always struck. Um, my my father's uh, dad, so my grandfather, uh, passed away. Um, I guess goodness now about almost three years ago. Uh, but every day, I mean, I, he was he was convinced. Mm-hmm. Um, he's convinced the Lord to come back in his lifetime. Mm-hmm. Um, he prayed for it every day. It was you know, loose on his tongue. It was a, a mode of conversation. I mean, it was, it, it was just a, a reality mm-hmm. uh, to him that, you know, he was, he had that f- so firmed expectation to be with the Lord um, and certainly no fear of death. But I think he just had this, well, if it's, if it's that good of a thing and if I'm that expectant of it, well, then my prayer is I would get to experience it in life, not mm-hmm. in death. And, um, and, and again, I, I, there it seems like there is just a a generational difference it um, is. that uh, just so many again of that of those older saints that carry this. I mean, as an expectation daily, as it's a mm-hmm. reminder, as it's a something that they hope in their lifetime. Mm-hmm. Um, but a lot of younger, you know, believers, it's just it's not almost not even just a. Um, it's not that they would deny it. It's not that they would you know, don't think it's going to happen. Not that they would say, Oh, you know, yeah, sure. It might happen in my life, but there's just a different like expectation and hope. And I don't, I don't know what, where that shift came from. I don't know what the, 
teaching of the you know church has shifted or done whatever but uh but yeah i find that there is there is that interesting disconnect and so anytime i feel like we get to address the coming of the lord with a you know anticipation with excitement right. mm-hmm. with whatever i mean it, it feels like it feels like we're doing that you know one of our big obviously missions here the church is trying to equip the next generation mm-hmm. and it feels like yeah, if the the more time we spend on equipping them with that mm-hmm. expectation or Absolutely. anticipation, the better the better they'll be mm-hmm. for it. Right. And I love the verbiage of, like you were saying, like the glorious homecoming. That it's not. I think there have been mm-hmm. some things that have come out, like the left behind books or things, mm-hmm. uh, movies and stuff. That I think, I mean personally, it's like I was I was really scared of that, and it's like mm-hmm. no, as believers it is going to be this, I mean, this glorious homecoming where we, we are able to meet Jesus face to face. And so I'm really grateful that we get to, yeah, get to be reminded of that this Sunday. Right. Yeah. That's yeah. good. That's a good word. Cause you know, here, here we're running into this again, this idea of a, a day of judgment and destruction and fire, um, you know, purifying the heavens and the earth. And, and a lot of that can seem, you know, really scary or you could, you know, revert yeah. back to the, attributing that on the harshness of God. And mm-hmm. oh, here's, here's this angry God coming in to, you know, put, put all these people who've made him mad, you know, in their mm-hmm. place. Exactly. Um, but then, you know, to, to hold on to that is just erroneous. Cause then you run into verse eight, that the reminder that no, 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 the, the Lord's, the Lord's days are different than our days. Mm-hmm. And, and then in nine, he's, he's not slow in keeping his promises. Some people understand slowness, but he's, patient. Mm -hmm. I mean, the idea that, Mm -hmm. you know, the Lord hasn't returned out of his own patience, out of his own mercy. Mm -hmm. Um, And again, is yet exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Is, and, and again, it's not that it's not like the Lord's just, you know, up there with, as a boiling pot getting madder and madder at, at, you know, all the, all the things that people Mm -hmm. are doing until he finally is fed up and he comes down and wipes everybody out. You know, again, that's not, it can, it can be, it can be easy as a sinful human to want to mm-hmm. subject mm-hmm. our own faults onto the Lord, but mm-hmm. that's not, that's not what he's doing. He's right. doing this out of, out of perfection and he's doing it out of slowness mm-hmm. and he's patient and he, he doesn't want anyone to perish. He wants everybody to come to repentance. Right. Um, but he does not. He also is a holy God and a just yeah. God. And so he's, he is going to judge and he is going to come in, but he's, he's not going to do it out of, out of any ill, ill motivation. And I feel as, as believers that should, as, as we put faces with mm, yeah, that's these word. non-believers, I mean, yeah. that, yep. that the world, if we put faces with it yeah, um, and we're realistic, if anything that ought to like start a fluid on a barbecue grill, mm-hmm. I mean, it, it should ignite um, the church to seeing the urgency of, of what we do. And this uh, this gospel message that we you know we so love um, this Christ that we want to be like you yeah. know it it should really uh, push us with with huge urgency when we're at our dinner tables mm-hmm. when we're uh, working alongside people uh, when we see uh, you know the helpless and sometimes hopeless you mm-hmm. know it it really should push us. Uh, to taking that extra step, you know, of, of showing love, of, of being kind, 
of being compassionate and of sharing, uh, sharing the gospel. Mm. Um, because again, we that are believers, we know that he will one day return. We know that, yeah, you know, and so since we know that, um, how does that affect how we live while we're living? You know, and that's um, that's kind of a scaled back version of really what all our preaching is about every Sunday. Mm-hmm. That's right. You know, it's a, mm-hmm. it's a that should be why every song that we sing, why every time we we um, you know we do an altar call or mm-hmm. we mm-hmm. give people an opportunity to respond to the gospel. That's what it should be about. But beyond that, every every born again believer when they leave out of the sanctuary. Are whenever we're able to wake up and see a brand new day, mm-hmm. uh, that's one more opportunity yeah. that we've been given. That's right to be who we say we are, and and that's again that's a um, it's a rather simple way to live. But man, every time we get a chance to to live, um, we ought to see how can we point someone to Christ because we know that He will one day return. We know yeah. that, and so um, it, it's it's just one of those things. It's no longer uh, should we hold off until um, things get better or worse. Mm-hmm. But you know, right now, how can I share? Yeah, uh, mm-hmm. this message. I had a uh, pastor growing up who who used to say, and and I found I find it reverberating. And it's still almost a mantra you know, on repeat for my own life. Um, but he said how how. Often and quick, we just think our alarm clocks wake us up mm-hmm. in the morning. Mm-hmm. Um, now we might say your cell phones or yeah. <laughs> how often yeah. we think that it is the only reason we're up today is because an alarm clock went off. But That's the real right. reason we're up today is because God has a purpose and set something before you in your day. And so are you going to respond to him and walk in the in his direction? That's right. Yeah. That's right. Mm, well, thank you. Thank you, Pastor Young, for being here. Yes. And uh, we hope that you are encouraged today. And uh, yeah, see you in the next episode. 